0: Welcome back to the Golden Puffle Podcast. I'm Matthew Cornado alongside Ben Taxi, Ty Forney. The whole crew's here. We're ready to talk a little bit different this week. We've started out the past couple of podcasts with March Madness NCAA Tournament Talk, but this week we're going to switch it up and talk some baseball. The first topic for today, boys, is who are we taking for the AL and NL MVP picks? We'll start in the AL and I'll throw it over to Ty. Who do you got? All
1: right. I mean, the obvious choice, of course, is Mike Trout. Um, I don't think there's been a more dominant player in baseball over the last couple of years. Uh, if I want to go a little deeper, I like Anthony Rendon. Also, uh, he's also on the Angels now, isn't he, Tactic? Yeah, you're good. You're right. I like that. I like that pick as well. Uh, I I feel a little weird picking two players from the same team, but I do think to have the both have the potential or the potential to be have an MVP caliber, caliber season. I like them at the plate. Um, Trout in the field is always fun to watch. I mean, I think Trout's the most complete player in Major League Baseball over the last decade. So I, I don't think you can go wrong picking him. He also has the highest odds to win it already. So it does seem like an obvious pick, but I think it's
0: a pick I have to make. Okay, so Ty's got Mike Trout, Taxi. Who do you got? A.L.
2: So I just, I want to address that quote from Ty. It does seem like an obvious pick. It is the obvious pick. This just a little that I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Stan Cali. I'm going to go Matt Chapman. I think he's coming back from surgery. He's had some time off. He's going to smack some dongs week in, week out, show off that gold glove. I have him as my MVP coming from lower down in the odds, but I have him as my MVP.
0: Taxi taking Matt Chapman, Ty with Mike Trout. I've got Sammy Sosa. I don't know shit about baseball. Let's go over to the NL. Ty, who do you got?
1: All right, NL. Gonna, I got to throw one out here. If you look at the MLB odds, I made this pick before I looked at the odds. If you look at the MLB odds, he's the bottom one that appears on the list. I'm going to throw it out here. Ian Happ. Great season last year. Huh? Um, he's already got a homer in opening weekend. I mean, the guy's seeing the ball. He's a great fielder. I think Ian Hap could be out here to surprise us. He could build off this huge year. Spring training, he had a great spring training. Uh, I think he's completely supplanted himself as the starting out, or one of the starting outfielders in Chicago. I think we could see special season this year.
0: Got Ian Hap, a little bit of an oddball pick, a little different from the Mike Trout number one odds maker there. Taxi, who do you got?
2: I'm also going to insert some bias. You know, Cubs fan picking Cubs player, Dodgers fan picking Dodgers player. But I'm not picking the obvious one though. I'm gonna pick Corey Seager. NL World Series or NL. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. NL Championship Series MVP, World Series MVP. I think he keeps that going. He's these guys are really confident. They're gonna kick ass for like probably the entire year, and up until they you know win again in October. So then I, I'm yeah. I think the standout player he has been so far and will continue to be Corey Seager.
0: So Taxi takes Corey Seager from the Dodgers. He's a big Dodgers fan. Tie with Ian Happ from the Cubs, also a Cubs fan. Personally, I'm a big Bulls fan, so I'm gonna say that Michael Jordan comes out of retirement, joins the Cubs this time instead of the White Sox, and wins the NL MVP in a surprise, surprise MVP pick there. So I got Michael Jordan.
1: That take is boiling.
0: A that boiling hot take. take I don't think he'd go a couple. I don't know. I think he's a South Sider. That might be the most boiling part of that take is that he actually plays for the Cubs.
1: It is. I mean, I don't think he does it. I think that Ryan's artistry, art. Matt. That was artistry.
0: I appreciate it boys. So we've got our AL and NL MVP picks. Ty's got Mike Trout, Ian Hat Taxi has got Matt Chapman and Corey Seager. Speaking of baseball opening weekend, this, uh, this past week, uh, a lot of things to talk about, a lot about, uh, a lot of things to, to dissect. But one of the things that we uh, saw recently is that down in Texas, down in Dallas, where the Texas Rangers play, uh, the stadium is fully open to patrons, full capacity down there at the Texas Texas Rangers stadium. Mind you, the Houston Astros still operating at 50% capacity, but the governor of Texas has lifted the mask mandate as well as social distancing protocols. So uh, companies are free to do what they want. And the Texas Rangers have allowed fans into the building today, I believe, with over 40,000 fans in the building. Personally, this seems like a interesting move to make at this moment in time. People still not fully vaccinated. I think I read that less than 20% of Texas' uh, Texas's uh, adult population is fully vaccinated. Uh, boys, what what do we think about this?
2: I think it's a blatant disregard for human life. And no matter what the death rates are, like there's long term lung issues, heart issues, brain issues that can come from this. And I like I'm okay with like 50% capacity in an outdoor setting just because of how air molecules seem to spread. Or well, scientifically spread. I'm sorry. And then but like also, um, I mean we're we're two months out probably from returning to a new normal with, with based on vaccine progress. So I just, I think it, it's, it's impatient, it's ignorant and it's immature. I just don't, I don't understand personally. So.
1: I like the idea of fans in the ballpark. I don't want to take that away. I don't think we're at full capacity yet as far as where we can be at. Um, I think we're getting towards that idea right now. I'm not sure that's the best idea. I mean, one person tests positive and you kind of have a cascading effect of, just people getting sick. Um, I would like to say, uh, as I began, uh, we are getting, I think we're getting close. I do. But yeah, as of right now, I don't know if we should be at full capacity in a stadium granted outdoor stadium, but it's still close quarters. It's, it's a dangerous move. I I do. I do think it's a dangerous move. So
0: the other thing is that you can't, there's no way that you can possibly, you know, administer uh, those temperature checks, like with the forehead, uh, you know, temperature check guns to all those people, if you have them coming into the stadium. So you really have no idea if anybody has COVID, if anybody has symptoms and from the pictures that we were seeing today in the outfield, as you mentioned before the show taxi, nobody was wearing masks. Anyway, the Texas Rangers stadium does require you to wear a mask inside the stadium, but patrons are uh, disregarding that rule. And, um, I would have to expect that if you're going to a baseball game at that stadium, you kind of just are, um, you know, you're putting yourself in harm's way. You understand, I hope, that you're putting yourself in harm's way um, by doing so. And so in that aspect, I kind of can understand maybe why um, there's always that argument that I hear people make about, well, we should just open everything up and people should be able to, uh, you know, choose for themselves whether they want to risk it or not. But I don't know. It seems like sometimes that argument can fall flat when you have to consider that other people have to maintain the same sp- public spaces as the people who, uh, you know, are going out without wearing masks and all that. So uh, it's an interesting kind of conundrum there.
2: You know, at the end of the day, too, it's it's a light piece of fabric that you put on your face. And then, you know, maybe t- five or ten minutes later, you don't even realize it's on. You know, and then you just and you protect other people by doing it. And because of that, you're protecting yourself, too. So, I mean, I just it's a very easy thing to do. And it's very often disregarded.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Uh, President Joe Biden was quoted, I think, as saying that he was um, uh, disappointed with the uh, actions happening down in Texas at the Texas Ranger Stadium, not in Houston. But. Uh, Opening day is going on. I'm sure that we're all glad that baseball is back starting on time. They're going to get the full slate of games in and uh, we will have to see who ends up being crowned a champion taxi. I think you already uh, have an early, early season prediction there with the Dodgers. So we'll have to see if that comes to fruition back-to-back champions. Uh, We will now move away from baseball and over to football. I will call it football just for you taxi. It's taxi's Five seconds of great great football analysis take it away
2: yeah so this weekend we finally got out of that stupid international break the prem came back and my liverpool wow they were fantastic oh my goodness three 0 win Whoop those arsenal bums diago jota might be the best player in the world certainly the best player in portugal shout out ronaldo fans and I just, oh gosh, good football. There is nothing like it. There is nothing like it that I will sit down and watch that twenty four hours a day, eight days a week, eight not even seven, eight days a week. And then will you
0: watch. Would you rather watch a good football game or a good baseball game?
2: Oh, shoot, man, gosh, I, I think I'd rather watch like. I'd rather watch like a Champions League final than like a World Series game, to be completely honest. Cause I think it's with the like World Series game, you know, obviously it's a you know, it's a it's a series. So like a champions League, Champions League final, everything's on the field. Like it's just it's one and done. And like and there's like a billion people that watch it too. So obviously that's just you know, because of the global outreach it has. So yeah, I would choose like a Champions League final. And then along with that. A little, a little more prem for you. Ty Spurs fan, they blew another lead in Drew this weekend. And actually, I have a fun fun Jose quote. Like, this guy, like Jose, he just wins and wins and wins. Like, that's what he does. But then he comes here, you know, not the usual performances. I got a quote from their performance this weekend. Many of these white hairs, they come with things I am not used to seeing in football matches at this level. That's what a Spurs team can do to you, you know. And I, I'm sorry, Ty, you have to watch those clowns. I don't watch them personally. And then one more lovely defeat was Chelsea. They were defeated by 19th place, West Brom, five to two. Big Sam walked up, just destroyed them, destroyed them. Beautiful thing to see Liverpool closing the gap for that Champions League spot.
1: We lost to Newcastle, Omar Drew with Newcastle. Like Chelsea got the loss we needed to move up in the table. And then we drew with Newcastle. Oh my goodness, it's not fun football to watch.
0: Not is not Newcastle football. like really bad. Is this the?
1: They're pretty yeah. low on the table right now. Like I think they're like two spots out of relegation.
2: Relegation. I do love the fact. Do you know what relegation means,
0: Matt? I I was about to say I I love the fact that relegation is a part of of the Premier League or whatever. I think it, like it's a it's a part of a lot of different soccer leagues. If I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken, I love the fact that like, if you play bad, you just get sent. Like if like at the end of the NBA season, the Timberwolves just get sent to the G league and they have to play in the G league for a year. Like that's funny to me. And I think that's a, that should be a thing that American sports adopt as a, as a practice.
2: I think it opened up like obviously hundreds of ownership opportunities too.
1: It's anti-tanking too. I mean,
2: yeah, like- it is. Yeah. Cause you can't fuck around. You play the one, otherwise you're done.
0: <laughs> exactly, it's anti-tanking. It's pro-capitalist in some sense, like you said. And um, I, I really, I really like the idea. It's, it's one that I'm, am kind of surprised that hasn't been brought into the uh, American space. Maybe because the teams, you know, people are too attached to the teams, and they wouldn't watch if they got relegated. Um,
2: That's your fans then.
0: If they are true fans, and they would watch, I suppose. But either way. Well, I think that's been more than five seconds of soccer for you, Taxi. So we're going to wrap up football and we're going to move on to the final four, which was played uh, over this past weekend, I believe on Saturday. And two really good games, or uh, one really good game, one so-so game, I would say. But we we learned a lot in that other game. We'll start with that one. It was Houston versus Baylor. Houston a two-seed, Baylor a one-seed. And this was just kind of a shellacking, in all honesty. Final score, 78-59. But we did see that Baylor is a threat that should be taken seriously to Gonzaga. Um, I don't know if you guys have really any opinions on this game. It was quite the blowout.
1: Uh, You can't even call it a so-so game. That wasn't a so-so game. That was a bad game to watch. That was domination. Uh, Our Twitter account, go follow it, by the way, GP Podcast on Twitter, uh, that we tweeted out in the first half. Thanks for coming out, Houston. Like within the first ten minutes, it, it, this game was over. Baylor dominated. I wouldn't even say that was a so-so game. That was a domination of a game. And uh Baylor, I think, I think Baylor could be Gonzaga this weekend. Now, I, I mean, I wasn't on board with it before watching this game, but seeing a good, hot UCLA team coming and almost up to the Gonzaga team, we'll get into that. But I mean, I think. Baylor's got a chance to be at the national champions tonight.
2: I would say more than a chance. They looked really good. Just like with, especially their guard play and they they're deep too. They, I think they run to like three big guys and they're all really like they're, they're ferocious down there. Like those boys can bomb. So I, I really think they're more than a thr- I really do think they're going to win to be completely honest win the national championship.
0: Okay. So we have to, you, you both are taking Baylor tonight.
2: Yeah. yeah, I like. Yeah. I need. I want to win money, so I want Gonzaga to win. But I'm. Uh, my honest answer is, yeah, is Baylor. Is Baylor? And yeah. Ty, uh, for, th-
1: yeah. I mean, for those listening, we are about 15 minutes out from the start of the game right now. So any prediction you hear is a take at this point.
0: That's exactly right, and uh, we'll we'll get in now to the UCLA Gonzaga game before we get into this game. I have to uh, address the uh, stone ice cold take that I had last week. Uh, saying that I believed that USC was the best team in the tournament. Uh, (laughs) That ended up just not being true. (laughs) Gonzaga kind of beat beat them pretty badly. And uh, it turned out that USC was not quite ready for the big time. Although I still am a fan of the Mobley brothers and a lot of those kids on that USC team. They just weren't quite ready for this Gonzaga team that came out in that game in the Elite Eight. So I'll take the blame for that. That was a pretty (laughs) bad take by me chalk it up in golden puffle podcast history matt had a bad take this game though ucla gonzaga this is the classic story i think of a team that comes in and is hot and is on a roll and nobody really expects it and they give the favorite uh, a run for their money this was an incredibly exciting game to watch of college basketball Um, Some people are describing it as one of the top 10 college basketball games of all time, Um, an absolute thriller, really from start to finish. It really just had that uh, uh, great just uh, X factor of a game when you're watching it. Um, Guys, what, what did we think about this game?
1: I mean, I think UCLA is the team you thought USC was right now, a team playing very well, coming into a game with momentum, and uh, UCLA showed up uh, with your ice cold take USC didn't, but uh, yeah, UC, UCLA showed up and uh, they gave it a game. Honestly, uh, I saw a tweet uh, for the game that goes out and goes, uh, Gonzaga didn't win that game. UCLA ran out of time. And uh, I don't know if I completely agree with that. I mean, Jalen Suggs had uh, arguably one of the greatest shots in final four history with a half court buzzer beater in the final four. But uh yeah. That was one of the best games of this tournament. If not the best game, I think actually, yeah, that was the best game of this tournament. I think it'll be a better game than we'll see tonight.
0: I definitely agree with you on that easily the best game in the tournament so far. And it's glad to, I'm I'm glad that we had a good game in the final four. Sometimes I think you get to the end of March madness. You have the final four, those two games in the national championship and all three of them can end up being bust, And it's kind of, like the tournament goes out on a whimper, you know, you have the excitement of the first round and the second round in the first weekend, and then it kind of can die out sometimes, but I'm really glad that we had that exciting game. Um, And as you mentioned, the Jalen Sugg shot, that's all time. That's going to be one of those that's remembered forever, just like the, um, the shot in the uh, Villanova UNC game. Um, It's, it's, it's on that level. Especially
1: if they win tonight.
0: And especially, uh, definitely, especially if they win tonight, I think even on its own, it's probably still will be remembered. Um, But also I think this UCLA team will also be remembered because they put up quite the fight against uh, Gonzaga. There were several points in the game where you thought, okay, UCLA is down by seven, UCLA is down by five or eight. Okay. They're going to fold. This is going to be the point of the game when Gonzaga runs away with it and they win by 15. But that point, in the game never happened ucla kept coming back time and again to make the game interesting and they get into overtime with gonzaga and really going into that overtime if you were to ask i'm sure a lot of people they would have said ucla is going to win this game they have the momentum going into this overtime and gonzaga i think the the phrase you use that ucla ran out of time and i think is a really good way to say it because gonzaga was able to stretch the game out long enough for them to finally get the opportunity to win the game on that Jalen Suggs shot. I also loved how Jalen Suggs uh, went up onto the the table and he was yep. celebrating and it was all cardboard fans. That was, <laughs> that'll be a moment. All-time
1: celebration right there.
0: That'll be a moment that's definitely Sorry. remembered in the uh, pandemic era sports. <laughs> <laughs> time. That, that, that's
1: an all-time great moment. Uh I mean, one at first, it's making the shot. Second, it's having the celly to back it up. And uh, everyone knows you get remembered for the shot, but you also get remembered for the celly after it. You think of Jordan with the fist pumps, uh, weight on the table. Uh, I mean, Suggs uh, etched his name into some college basketball lore the other night. Truly I a
2: great The first time I saw car- the cardboard cutout fans it was so weird. And now it's just like, hey, it's fans, normal fans.
0: <laughs> it's going to be weird seeing real fans at when that point comes. I'll be like, where are the cardboard? I miss them.
2: They, they don't but, shout at outfielders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, I think, all we've got, though, for the Final Four. Uh, the championship game, as you mentioned, Ty, is in about 10 minutes uh, from when we're recording this. I've got Gonzaga, by the way, to win the game. Um, I also want them to win the game. Um, I offered uh, our, our buddy Derek a uh, shout-out to Shoot the Rock podcast. Um, actually, I don't know what he calls his podcast, but um, Shoot the Rock on YouTube at least. Uh, I told him last week that I would give him whatever I won from this tournament if he agreed to give him or for him to give me whatever he won from our bracket pool, and it actually would have been a good move for Derek he declined for some reason. I don't really know. He doesn't, he's not great with math. So that might be part of it, but he's got Baylor. I've got Gonzaga, whichever team wins, that person will win the bracket challenge. So a lot on the line tonight. Um, but let's talk about the real final four, the really important stuff that we've got going on here on the golden Puffle podcast. It's the Pixar final four. Now, all four of these teams, all four of these movies, I should say, We've already talked about pretty in depth, so we're going to give kind of a a shortened version of our our picks and reasons. Um, And so we'll go first with the first side of the bracket is Toy Story Two versus Toy Story Three, and I'll open it up to you guys. Does anybody have a hot take?
2: I'm going to go Toy Story Two, just because I think I mentioned it um, earlier that the quality jump between the first movie and the second movie and then the villain to Al's Toy my boy Al from Al's Toy Barn um I just what else was there i think the the jump in animation too it really felt like there was a lot to love in that movie and that it really kind of sealed itself as i get I'll, i won't reveal my last pick but as a top 2 pixar movie
1: uh, i'm going to vote with Toy Story 3 here um i enjoyed the movie a little more Uh, I just, yeah, Toy Story 2 kind of gets lost for me a little bit. I don't really, I mean, I've seen it a couple times, but for me, it doesn't really stick with me as far as uh, the movie itself. So I'm going to go with Toy Story 3.
0: So that leaves it up to me for the deciding vote. And I've got Toy Story 3. That is my uh, favorite of the Toy Story movies. It's a great one. I think that villain does make that movie. uh, Lots of the bear. And... I am a big fan of Toy Story 3, so I'm going to send that into the championship, and uh, let's look at the other side of the bracket here. It includes- any more
2: details? More details? Not just, I, I enjoyed it. Any more details? I already sorry, gave my check. reasons for no, Toy no, tie, Story 3. Because
1: tie, tie. Uh, frankly, I don't remember any of Toy Story 2, and I've seen it four times, so that it to me, uh, the, the, okay.
0: That's, that's, that's not a, not yeah. a great reason. Cause the villain. I, of that no, movie no, no, no. Cause, cause I, I, you guys know
1: me. I pay a lot of attention to detail when I do things. So to not remember a lot or a bulk of a movie and I've seen it four or five times. I think that just puts to how the movie
0: sat with me as a viewer, big Al's toy barn. You don't remember that whole part of the movie. Hardly. That is the movie. That is exactly,
1: the movie. exactly. <laughs> oh. You don't remember the airport at all, or anything? No, like I have the general pop plot of it, like up here, up in the brain. But like, for the most part, yeah, the minor details. I know Jesse's introduced, but apart from that, I enjoyed Toy Story three a lot more. Prospector Pete, nothing. Nothing with Prospector Pete. No, no recollection. No recollection.
0: I'm on your side, Ty, and I'm kind of starting to question now. Maybe if I made the wrong choice. Yeah. Hey. I, I make
1: my decisions and I live with those decisions every day.
0: But I guess it is what it is. Sorry, taxi. Uh, seems like you might've gotten a, uh, Getting chipped, man. a bit of a bit of a biased judge here, but um, we'll, we'll take it over to the other side of the bracket to also incredible movies, uh, pun intended Wally versus the Incredibles one. I'll start. Um, I am a huge fan of WALL-E. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but I have to say that I'm still going to pick it. I'm not picking Incredibles. WALL-E is my favorite. Uh, one of my favorite Pixar movies of all time, right up there with Toy Story 3. And so it'll be an interesting championship conversation. Um, and as we've mentioned, the score, the emotions. Uh, I even think the animation is is a little underrated and something that we haven't really touched on too much. But I think the design of Wally is 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 a great aspect of both his character and the movie. Um, So that's that's my reason for Wally here over the Incredibles.
2: Ty, just go. I know you're going to pick. It's not going to be the same as me.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, I voted against both these movies in round one and to see him here now, it's uh, not shocking at all. So looking at these two movies, I've given my spiel on them. I'm going to have to vote Incredibles here and we'll take it to a third vote, but mainly because I think Incredibles versus wall on an individual basis has a much more distinct timeline as far as when we saw it as kids, as well as the uh, movie itself. Just, I think it's a better movie overall. Although I will concede, I do think Wally over time will go down. It's potentially a better movie. I think right now though, Incredibles is the better film. Oh my gosh, dude, dude. Dude, Ty picked the same thing as me. That's like so cool.
2: Oh, shout out Incredibles! <laughs> I just like, I mean, it was it Pixar's stamp of putting some creating superheroes from nothing against the bad boys of Marvel and DC, and damn, did they do it good? I just and that movie stuck with me for oh my gosh, so long. You can't long, see man.
0: it, but there's a arrow going through my heart right now. As Wally is eliminated from the tournament, that's a tough loss for me. Incredibles though is a is a worthy is a worthy out I think for Wally. Um, also, but there's an- a
1: movie if- you're gonna lose to,
0: right? I, I would agree. I would rather have Wally lose to Incredibles than lose to like Toy Story two or three. Really, honestly. So, um, if Wally's gonna go down, then uh, I will also su- I'll, I'll support. Incredibles, but maybe not in the championship. I'll have to think about it. You sound so cut up about this. I am. I am pretty, I'm pretty disappointed that I, I did think that Wally was going to get to the end pretty easily. um, Especially with our first conversation on it, you guys were pretty engrossed on the Wally side of things. I think I voted for Incredibles through the first two rounds too. So maybe I contributed to its demise or to Wally's demise by giving you guys the reasons for Incredibles. Not trying to say that, you know, I'm the greatest movie critic of all time, but, you know.
2: But certainly not Ty. So, so
0: definitely not, not Ty. If we learned it's, anything so, yeah. from the Pixar movie battles, it's that Ty is a terrible movie critic.
1: I, 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 w- I would argue a terrible Pixar movie critic. I think my, my – I re- mean,
2: that is our only sample is Pixar, so we yeah. can't like, we can't you, generalize it. Could, it put me in a
1: different circumstance where I lie in my strengths as far as movie going. Ah, uh, we'll be all right. Pixar movies, you know, uh, a little outside of my wheelhouse of movies. So I'm go going off of a childhood here instead of a good b- good education.
0: I guess that's understandable. Pixar is a little, it's a little out of our age range right now. But it's kind of saying like, I can't really judge a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because I'm 25 years old.
1: Yeah, but I still eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Ooh, that's good,
0: Matt. That's good. So I don't really – I'm not sure. I can go I get the
1: bread, bread out of the closet, man. I got peanut butter and jelly back there, and I'll be eating that in 10 years. It's all good.
0: Tie the type of dude to dinner time, chicken nuggets, brownie, peanut butter, jelly, and he's good. He's wrapped I mean, up.
1: That sounds like a meal, man. That sounds that like, sounds like
0: a meal to tie. That's, that's just tie wait
1: pack. till I can cook some chicken parm. Wait for the cooking podcast, boys. Wait for it.
0: Not really sure how you would do a cooking podcast.
1: I don't know either, but it, it the ideas are going – be ready. I'll send my recipes. Listen to the sizzle. Listen to the sizzle. <laughs> an ASMR <cooking laughs> yep.
0: That could be pretty good. <laughs> that could Ugh. be pretty good. I would. I would. I would listen to that tie if you, if you made an ASMR cooking podcast. Um, but that into it. is that is not our expertise right now. So, uh, with that, we've finished up the Pixar uh, bracket. We have two movies left. It's Toy Story three and Incredibles next week. Find out which Pixar movie reigns supreme. But also we didn't include every Pixar movie, so it's not exactly in totality. But uh, that's besides the point. Next week, huge finale for the Pixar movie bracket. And that is the conclusion of our show. We'll wrap it up here right at 8.20, the national championship game for men's basketball. we have tipping off any moment now. We'll give a quick recap of the show. We picked our AL and NL MVP picks, tie in, Taxi went over that. We went on a little bit of a rant about Texas Rangers uh baseball opening day with all their fans in attendance. Taxi talked on the Prem League a little bit. We went over the final four with that great UCLA Gonzaga game and that not so great Houston Baylor game, and we finished up with the Pixar movie bracket. So that has been our show. I'm Matthew Cornado, alongside Ben Taxi, Ty Forney for the Holgland. Golden Puffle Podcast crew. Have a good one. Stay safe.